بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Esteemed علماء Respected elders, brothers, mothers, sisters Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh We thank and we praise Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal for having blessed us with countless bounties, bounties which we receive daily, bounties which we receive without asking, bounties which we know of, and many a time bounties which we do not know of and we do not even recognize. And among those bounties is of course the bounty and the blessing of the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we pray and we hope in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that we can live our life in accordance with this kalima, in accordance with the teachings of this kalima, la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, so that we may pass away with the teachings of this kalima, la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, in our lives, so that we may be resurrected on the day of Qiyamah with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and with all the mu'minun, with all the true believers, in Allah Rabbul Izzati Wal Jalal and this deen of Islam. Now forming part of the creed and forming part of our deen, we know firstly that from among the fundamentals of Islam, it is to believe in the oneness of Allah Rabbul Izzah. That there is none worthy of worship, there is no creator, there is no sustainer, there is no being like Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and that is because Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala has created everything that we see and everything that we do not see. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala is the supreme being that is the only one worthy of worship. Part of that is to believe that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is undoubtedly the final messenger of Islam, the final messenger that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala had sent to earth and the messenger that we take to, the messenger that we follow that had come down with the Quran Kareem that you and I read and you and I are to follow and with that the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. A third aspect which forms part of the basis of this beautiful deen is to believe that those illustrious companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, may Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala be pleased with them radiyallahu ta'ala anhum wa radu'an as they have been given that degree in Qur'an, that Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah, then it is part of our base of Islam, it is part of our base of belief, that we take to these Sahaba radiallahu anhum as the guiding lights that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam described them as. They are like the stars, whichever one of them you take to, whichever one you take them as your leader, then undoubtedly you will be guided to the right path. And when we look at the class of Sahaba radiallahu anhum, we know very well that it is that man who in the narration of Sahih Muslim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was once seated with the Sahaba and he asks the Sahaba that who among you is fasting today? And one man lifts up his hand. O Sahaba, who among you have followed a janazah. Who among you went to perform a janazah salah? And the same individual lifts up his hand. 
Oh Sahaba, who among you fed a needy person today? And the same individual raises his hand once again. O oh, Sahaba, who among you visited a sick person today? And of course, the same individual raises his hand. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that that person who these kind of qualities and these specific traits, if that person combines all of these things in just himself, then I am giving, giving him the guarantee of, of Jannah. I am giving him the guarantee of Jannah. Who was this person? The first person to have accepted Islam after hearing it from a third party. That did you know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is coming with this message of believing in one creator. And what did he say? That if Muhammad said it, it must be true. If Muhammad said it, it must be true. He achieves the, the title of As-Siddiq because after the miraculous journey of Mi'raj, the ascension to the heaven, something that is mind-boggling. When the news comes to him that, did you hear Muhammad is saying that he ascended the heavens? He said that if Muhammad said it, it must be true. And for that he achieved the title of As-Siddiq. He was blessed with the title of Al-Atiq, the one who would continuously and the one who would very often free slaves just for the pleasure of Allah and we'll touch on it at a later stage in the talk insha'Allah he was the one to have performed the hijrah a migration imagine leaving your hometown with everything all of your belongings your family your tribe your people that you knew your neighborhood your custom of the of food your culture everything and moving to a completely strange land, but he did it for the, with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He lies in the cave of Thawr with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on this journey of, of migration of hijrah. When the enemy comes above and they are about to enter and they are very close to finding them, then it is that pacification that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala had revealed in Quran, that you and I will recite in Quran, that remember that incident, when they were just above them, what did the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tell him at that point? La tahzan inna allaha ma'ana. Don't grieve, don't stress, don't worry. Allah's help is with us. Allah's help is with us. He enters Medina Munawwara with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the young girls of Medina Munawwara sing the very famous couplets. Tala'al badru alayna. The full moon has now rose over us. Being Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Nabi of Allah being the full moon, he had his star with him as well. He had his star with him as well. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at him on one occasion and he said, Anta sahibi fil ghar. You are my companion in the cave. Wa sahibi ala al -hawd. And you will be my companion at the pond of Kothar as well. You will be next to me at the pond of Kothar as you were next to me in the cave of Thawr. His name was Abdullah, the son of Abu Quhafa. But you and my Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very fondly called him Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. This was the caliber of a man and inshallah we are going to highlight three different aspects in the life of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an and to bring it down to just three is something really difficult or to concentrate on just three things that are so salient in the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an and something that you and I can relate to in, current, in the current day, it's not possible because the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an 
is an exemplary life with lots of examples in this beautiful life of his that you and I can take to. But inshallah, today we focus on three particular aspects. The first aspect being that of friendship. Today we claim to have friends. We have a lot of friends, a lot of followers, especially when we look at social media. We become boastful when we see how many followers we have. How many Instagram followers? How many people are reading my tweets? How many people reply to my WhatsApp status? And we pride ourselves and we think that these people are people that are very close to us. Sometimes it can be a person that we've never seen in our life. We don't know who they are. We share our lives with them. We become so comfortable with them. We allow them into our private spaces sometimes. But there's no relation, there's no base for a friendship. So what is the definition of friendship? We learn in Quran, That you have people that will say, I'm the friend of so and so, and this person is my friend. But do you want to know who will be a true friend? The true friend will be that on the day of Qiyamah, he won't be your enemy. Allah says that you have friends on the day of Qiyamah when we bring everyone together. They'll actually turn around on each other. They will turn around on each other and they will become enemies for each other. Except for whom? Illa al-muttaqeen. Those people who had a friendship but the base was the deen of Islam. The base was the love of Allah. The base was Quran. The base was trying to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is what brought them close together. That is true friendship. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and this hadith is narrated by, by Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. That لو كنت متخذا خليلا لاتخذت أبا بكر خليلا If I were to take a person that I can call my bosom friend Someone that I will leave everything for Someone that I will keep exclusive to me I would have done so with Abu Bakr رضي الله عنه ولكنه أخي وصاحبي However, he is my brother and he is a very close companion وقد اتخذ الله صاحبكم خليلا but to take a person as a khalil, as someone that is exclusive for you, this is something that is only due to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. As we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, وَقَدِ اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala had taken Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam like that. Obviously not in terms of a friend, but in terms of that exclusiveness that Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala showed to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that my Allah had done the same thing for me. So to go to that extent, I would never do that with Abu Bakr. But no one thing, he is my brother and a very close companion. And if I were ever allowed to do that, then I would have done so with Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ascends the member and he tells the sahaba radiallahu anhum that you have a man that is given a choice. Either he chooses to accept the luxuries of the world and continue with the luxuries of the dunya, or the other option is that he should take that which is by him. He should take that which is by him. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were not understanding fully what the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying at that time. But Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu immediately begins weeping. And he stands up and he says, O oh, Nabi of Allah, May our fathers and mothers be sacrificed for you. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were perplexed. They couldn't understand. 
And after, after that, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِنَّ مِنْ أَمَنِّ النَّاسِ عَلَيَّ فِي صُحْبَتِهِ وَمَالِهِ أَبَا بَكْرِ That the most, the person that I feel most comfortable with in his companionship and even in his wealth, even with sharing of his wealth, it is none other than Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Now the Sahaba radiallahu anhum could not understand this. But Abu Bakr radiallahu understood the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that that person that is given the choice of living the luxuries of the world or taking that which is by him, this is referring to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was trying to pass on the message that he would soon leave the dunya. He would soon leave the dunya into, into the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was going to depart from the world. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu understood this and that is why he wept so much. And it is for this that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum also said that this is why we take Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to be the most knowledgeable among us group of Sahaba. Once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is performing salah in the, hat, in, uh, in the hatim and the mushrikeen come and they begin insulting and attacking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The news reaches the house of Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu says, how can I sit, how can I still be seated in my home? He immediately runs out, bareheaded and all, to come to the aid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Today you and I, we talk of backstops. Who has my back? Who has my back? And they always say that if you want to know who your true friend is, don't look at who your friends are when things are going good. When the going gets tough, then see who's still by your side. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu immediately comes and Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu highlights the whole incident for us. That at that point, we were nervous to approach the mushrikeen. We were still small, we were still young. We did not know how to come to the aid and defense of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he came. He would wrestle with one mushrik. He would fend off another. He would push another. He would shove one another away from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu anhu, he picks up his shawl to wipe the tears from his eyes. He says that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu did this while reciting the verses of Quran. Ataqtuluna rajulan an yaqula rabbi Allah waqad jaakum bil bayyinat min rabbikum. Are you going to harm, are you going to try and kill a man that is simply saying my Rabb is one Allah while he brings proof before you? And this was the statement that a man in the court of Fir'aun he believed in Allah Rabbul Izzah and he would say this whenever Fir'aun would wish to attack Musa alayhi salam and when he would have those, these discussions of attacking Sayyiduna Musa alayhi salam because he brought the message of Tawheed he would say this statement that are you going to simply kill a man just because he says that he believes in Allah then Ali radiallahu anh says but can I tell you what the difference is Abu Bakr radiallahu anh did not conceal his iman. He did not conceal his belief in Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like the person in the court of Fir'aun. Verily, the world full of the people like the man that was in the court of Fir'aun will not be equivalent to the man that Abu Bakr radiallahu anh was. So this was friendship. He had the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even though the Nabi of Allah, we know the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have assistance coming from the heavens. But this was the friendship and this was his loyalty to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We look at the second aspect and that being generosity. 
Abu Bakr radiallahu an was a selfless character. He was a selfless human being. And this is shown at the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encourages the Sahaba to give in the path of Allah for a certain expedition. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an says that today is the day I'm going to beat Abu Bakr. Imagine they competed with doing good actions. They competed with seeing who can be closer to Allah, who can do something greater for the benefit of Islam, not for name and fame. But this is what they competed in. Today is the day I beat Abu Bakr. Umar radiallahu an comes before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with half of his wealth. Imagine taking 50% of everything you own and presenting it before the Nabi of Allah or presenting it for a certain cause. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is ecstatic. After a short while, Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an comes and he brings every single thing that he owns and he presents it before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Abu Bakr, what have you left behind for your family? With such conviction that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I have left behind for them Allah and His Messenger. Don't you worry, O oh, Nabi of Allah. Allah will see to them. Here is everything that I own. Umar radiallahu an says, Can I ever dream of beating Abu Bakr? Can I ever dream of beating Abu Bakr? Radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. And the third aspect we due to time constraints, we won't be able to go into further elaboration of the second aspect. But it's very important that we take cognizance of all of the entire life of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an. The third aspect that we touch on for today is the leadership skills and the leadership role of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. Firstly, the daughter of Abu Bakr, the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our beloved mother Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha narrates, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said, لَا يَنْبَغِي لِقَوْمٍ فِيهِمْ أَبُو بَكَرْ That it is not befitting of any people that finds among them Abu Bakr that any other person be their leader except him. That any other person be their leader except him. We know that during the last moments or the last days of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Nabi of Allah had fell ill and he instructed his wife, the daughter of Abu Bakr, Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, that tell your father to go and perform the salah, tell your father to lead the people in salah. Oh my beloved husband, oh messenger of Allah, my father is a very soft person when he recites Quran. His heart will tremble and his tears will flow. People will not even be able to hear the words that are being recited. Oh Aisha, tell your father to perform the salah. Tell your father to perform the salah. Eventually, she accedes to the command of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr radiallahu an performs the salah in front of the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. How can we learn from the strength of Abu Bakr radiallahu an when it comes to leadership? At a time when Medina Munawwara is trembling and they are in a frenzy, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has now departed from the dunya, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed away and the sahaba radiallahu anhum cannot fathom what to do next, it was the strength and the composure that Allah wa ta'ala inspired Abu Bakr radiallahu an for him to recite the verses that, O oh people, calm down. Know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the messenger of Allah. And many messengers have come before. 
Many messengers have come before and they had to pass away. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam also had to pass away although he will, be, he will remain alive in his qabr but he has to depart from this dunya. The sahaba were perplexed. Some of them said it was as if these verses were being revealed now. We had forgotten that it was revealed. We were in such a, a commotion at that time that we could not even realize that these verses were actually revealed from before. But that was the strength and the composure that Allah wa ta'ala had inspired Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an. For those that would make empty claims and baseless claims that our leader Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an was a person that was power hungry and a person that was wealth driven and this is why he wanted to become the first Khalif. Let us look at how he ruled and how did he live during his rulership, during being a leader, a person of prominence. During the Khilafah of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an, a person sees Abu Bakr radiallahu an selling cloth in the marketplace. Imagine in our country we go to the rancho and we find the president selling carpets or selling something. Does it make sense? It doesn't make any sense. So you have the Khalifa of Islam, the leader of the Mu'minun. He is selling cloth in the marketplace. A person comes to him, Oh Abu Bakr, you are the Khalifa. You are our leader and here you are selling goods at the marketplace. Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an says, Does being a leader stop me from providing for my family? The Sahaba radiallahu anhum immediately consulted with each other, the, 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 the elder Sahaba, and they said that we have to allot and we have to allocate a stipend for Abu Bakr radiallahu an. How can our leader go to the marketplace? At that point, in those two years and some odd months that Abu Bakr radiallahu an had ruled, the commentators and the historians mentioned that he used about 8,000 dirhams. But do you want to know something amazing? Every cent of those 8,000 dirhams were returned back into the Baytul Mal by Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu On his deathbed, he is about to depart from the dunya. And he looks at his beloved daughter Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha. And he says, my dear daughter, I had been amongst the wealthiest people of the Quraysh. I was a master when he came to trade. And when I was given the responsibility of Khilafah, of taking the leadership of the Mu'minun, then obviously I did not have time for business and I did not have time for trade. And that had taken my time to, be, to, to, to take on the leadership role. So I took from the tre treasury whatever was necessary just to support me. Enough just to get by every day. All that has remained of the wealth that I owned and that I had and that I took from this Baytul Mal is one cloak, one cup and one slave. And my dear daughter, I am asking you to return even these three things to Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an. Umar radiallahu an at that point says, May Allah have mercy on Abu Bakr. He has made it difficult for anyone to even utter a word, a negative word against him. By Allah, if his iman is weighed against the iman of all the people of, on earth, his iman would definitely weigh heavier. By Allah... I wish I was a hair strand on the chest of Abu Bakr. This was the statement of Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an. So we know undoubtedly the life of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an is a life that we need to take to. There are many things, many other things that we can learn from the life of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an. And these narrations and incidences and these lives have been documented and they are written, they are available anywhere you look. But it's now up to us to take on these documentations, to take to these readings, to learn about the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Not so that we can tell our children stories at night and we can do away with the fairy tales that everyone else tells. No, 
it's so that we can firstly imbibe in ourselves the qualities of Sahaba radiallahu anhum and make dua and try to inculcate this into our children and the future leaders of Islam so that we can have the likes of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu in our ummah once again. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala guide one and all wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد الرسول الله حي على الصلاة
يحيا على الفلاح الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد اليوم نحن مع رجل عظيم جليل القدر رفيع المنزلة اسمه عبد الله وحقا فقد كان عبدا لله عبده حق عبادته وجاهد فيه حق جهاده أنفق في سبيله ما له كله ونافح عن دينه ونصر رسوله وصدقه وآمن به وأحبه حبا جما هو عبد الله بن عثمان بن عامر أبو بكر الصديق خليفة رسول الله الأول والمؤمن برسول الله من الرجال الأول والمبشر بالجنة الأول قال الله تعالى في شانه كما نقل إلينا المفسرون وسيجنبها الأتقى الذي يؤتي ما له يتزكى وما لأحد عنده من نعمة تجزى إلا ابتغاء وجه ربه الأعلى ولسوف يرضى قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله بعثني إليكم فقلتم كذبت وقال أبو بكر صدق وواساني بنفسه وماله رواه البخاري وعن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لو كنت متخذا خليلا لاتخذت أبا بكر خليلا ولكنه أخي وصاحبي وقد اتخذ الله صاحبكم خليلا رواه مسلم عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لأبي بكر أنت صاحبي في الغار وصاحبي على الحوض رواه الترمذي وعن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا ينبغي لقوم فيهم أبو بكر أن يأمهم غيره رواه الترمذي وقال عمرو بن العاص رضي الله عنه يا رسول الله أي الرجال أحب إليك قال أبو بكر متفق عليه بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر رؤوف رحيم
الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحموا أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وفي رواية معمر عن قتادة مرسلا وأقضاهم علي وأفرضهم زيد بن ثابت وأقرأهم أبي بن كعب وأعلمهم بالحلال والحرام معاذ بن جبل ولكل أمة أمين وأمين هذه الأمة أبو عبيدة بن الجراح رواه أحمد الترمذي وعن عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا اللهم احفظه في ولده رواه الترمذي وعن عبد الله بن مغفل رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله الله في أصحابي الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم ومن آذاهم فقد آذاني ومن آذاني فقد آذى الله ومن آذى الله فيوشك أن يأخذها رواه الترمذي ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخواننا المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم اجعل هذا البلد آمنا مطمئنا وسائر بلاد المسلمين ومقدساتهم اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون. And straighten our sufuf. There's still a lot of place in the masjid on the sides. Those brothers that are standing in the courtyard can make their way inside the masjid. And we can fill in our sufuf accordingly, inshallah.
الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا السماء فطرت وإذا الكواكب انتثرت وإذا البحار فجرت وإذا القبور بعثرت علمت نفس ما قدمت وأخرت يا أيها الإنسان ما غرك بربك الكريم الذي خلقك فسواك فعدلك في أي صورة ما شاء ركبك كلا بل تكذبون بالدين وإن عليكم لحافظين كراما كاتبين يعلمون ما تفعلون إن الأبرار لفي نعيم وإن الفجار لفي جحيم يصلونها يوم الدين وما هم عنها بغائبين وما أدراك ما يوم ثم ما أدراك ما يوم الدين يوم لا تملك نفس لنفس شيئا والأمر يومئذ لله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك
إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والليل إذا يغشى والنهار إذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والأنثى إن سعيكم لشتى فأما من أعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسنى فسنيسره لليسرى وأما من بخل واستغنى وكذب بالحسنى فسنيسره للعسرى وما يغني عنه ماله إذا تردى إن علينا للهدى وإن لنا للآخرة والأولى فأنذرتكم نارا تلظى لا يصلاها إلا الأشقى الذي كذب وتولى وسيجنبها الأتقى الذي يؤتي ما له يتزكى وما لأحد عنده من نعمة تجزى إلا ابتغاء وجه ربه الأعلى ولسوف يرضى سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أستغفر الله أستغفر الله
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجن ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك الجنة وما قرب إليها من قول أو عمل ونعوذ بك من النار وما قرب إليها من قول أو عمل اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم اغفر لجميع موت المسلمين الذين شهدوا لك بالوحدانية ولنبيك بالرسالة وماتوا على ذلك ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عنا يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين just one announcement, we'd like to remind our brothers that inshallah the upcoming weekend, we know the ijtima' will be taking place at Mia's farm. Brothers are requested to attend and take benefit from the discourses that will be taking place. And inshallah let us all make dua for the success of the ijtima' that may Allah wa ta'ala use it as a means of the guidance of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.